Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunday message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio, uh, for Sunday, December the 5th, 2021. Thank you for being here today. My name is Melvin Gaines, and we hope that you'll just settle back and uh, pray that the Holy Spirit is the one who does all the speaking here, not the words coming just from me, but directly from him. And that's what this is all about. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've set aside for us to sit quietly and hear you speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for your loving kindness and presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your patience with us as well, too, as we are easily distracted at times. We pray that those distractions now be just removed from our very presence as we sit and listen to you speak. And we give you the praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're now in December, and there are 20 days left until Christmas. As of today, you should already be winding up whatever is left of your Christmas shopping. And we also know that it's Christmas season because we finished up the last set of leftovers from Thanksgiving. And the search is now on for a new turkey at the grocery store. One of the customs in our household is watching the classic cartoon programs associated with Christmas. Um, This is more than just a custom. It is a necessity. Programs such as A Year Without Santa Claus, Frosty the Snowman, Mr. Magoo's version of A Christmas Carol, and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Uh, Those are the ones that come to mind. And my wife reminded me that I am completely responsible for notoriously killing her impression of the Santa character on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. She read to me a post that I had made on Facebook about five years ago, pertaining to this. Quote, Every time I watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I can't get past how much of a jerk Santa was before he saw the light. My lovely bride was watching this for years until I pointed it out to her a couple of seasons ago. Watch for yourself and see what you think the next time you want to play reindeer games. End quote. You see what I did? I ruined the experience for her, but she had to acknowledge that, yes, a beloved figure associated with Christmas was not being portrayed in the best possible light. Watch it for yourself. Santa was rude. He was cranky and impatient. I was just calling it as I saw it. If you catch Rudolph this year, check it out and see for yourself. I can also think of another figure associated with Christmas who has not been portrayed in the best possible light. It's none other than Jesus. I mentioned this because of how Jesus has become less of a meaningful presence and more of a shadowy one. Even though his very name is in the word Christmas. We all know that it's Christmas time, and Christmas time means just after Thanksgiving, we have Black Friday, we have Cyber Monday, we have uh, putting up a tree, getting the lights, the decorations in order, and the ongoing methodical countdown of shopping days before Christmas morning. In all of this activity, which happens every year, but let's think of it for this purpose for this year. Let's make sure that we take the time 
to make room for Jesus. Let's speak openly about him. Let's stay in prayer with him. And let's declare him as Lord before others as we go about our business. I have found that some of us have fallen into a habit for how we extend greetings to others. I've observed this for several years now. As you meet and greet others, the words happy holidays have been used often within this communication. Now, on the surface, that seems very innocent and not really worth a whole lot of attention. But if you really give it some thought, it occurred to me that some of us have been conditioned to take the general holiday greeting because maybe there are others who just don't celebrate Christmas. Now, let's just talk about those who have something they do celebrate. Many Jewish people and even non-Jewish people recognize Hanukkah. And there are greeting cards out there for Hanukkah. There are some who prefer to celebrate Kwanzaa just after December 25th. Well, in either instance, those who recognize different holidays should not diminish our ability to celebrate Christmas. Or even express the joy of Christmas. So let's freely offer our greetings with the words, Merry Christmas. And also celebrate Jesus Christ as often as necessary. Amen? The name of Jesus is the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Let's not act in a manner where mentioning Jesus as, as, as if he's offensive to somebody. Or if someone to be glossed over. Others can celebrate the other holidays for the month. Nothing is stopping them from doing that. But we are to look to Jesus as our reason. For the season. Our reasons to keep Jesus at the forefront with our communication with others goes back to our appreciation of his amazing, wonderful goodness to us. One of the chorus portions of Handel's Messiah reflects the prophet Isaiah's account of the coming king. Please turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Isaiah chapter 9 and let's take a look at verse 6. Isaiah 9 Verse 6. Isaiah 9, verse 6. And the version that we have the account of here is in the King James Version, which you would hear in the chorus, one of the chorus sections of Handel's Messiah. Isaiah 9, 6, King James Version. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. That's who we are celebrating at Christmas time. Let's focus on the following three attributes as to why we, as believers, need to speak up. And speak up more about Jesus early and often. One, his love for you. Two, his saving grace for you. Three, his eternal promises for you. First, let's look at his love for you. Christmas time 
as we've seen it in the media, is flush with hallmark movies that focus more on stories of love and romance with a hint of Christmas. The movies are fine for romantics, but we as believers need to point our relationship, point to our relationship with Jesus Christ as the ultimate love story. The ultimate love story. John chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And then verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Turn to 1 John chapter 3 verse 1. Let's take a look at that and expound a little bit further when we talk about how much God truly loves us. Of course, this passage that we just read certainly conveys that, but there's more here. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. This is from the English Standard Version. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is, is that it did not know him. But here we are, we have this relationship with the Lord, and he calls us his children. That's the ultimate of a family relationship, isn't it? The father and the children. And we understand it's important for us to recognize that we recognize that God, the very nature of God, the very essence of God is love. First John 4, 8 says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. That's in his nature. This kind of love for us that God has for us goes well beyond our casual references of happy holidays. And as Jesus loves us, our relationship with him comes with an important responsibility. And even in that responsibility, because he loves us, he gives us the help that we need to focus on the truth. Please turn to John chapter 14 and look at verses 15 through 17. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. John 14, verses 15 through 17. This is the English Standard Version. And let's look at this responsibility. Verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Verse 17. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That presence is the Holy Spirit, the helper. He's the one that gives us what we need to have a greater understanding in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's all because he loves us. Amen. And we have this thing that we rely upon to understand who Jesus is when we recognize the presence of the Spirit. 
he gives us the ability to go beyond what we see. Verse Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says it quite well. I have been crucified with Christ. I am it is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. He gave of himself for you because he loves you. Keeping the Christ in Christmas is as simple as living as a reflection of him in everything that you do. Amen. And people need to see that as you go about your business. Next, let's look at his saving grace through faith. And this is all about salvation. We celebrate Jesus because he provides the remedy to address our sin nature. And we are indeed thankful for his grace. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, please. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. I hope what you're getting from all of this is that you recognize that there's a push to move Jesus more to the background when it comes to what we see in the world today. And honestly, we need to see things more like more nativity scenes and uh, lights around nativity scenes. And as we go about our business, we need to see more images of the, the baby Jesus. That's what we're celebrating, the fact that he indeed was born to us and for us. Because of his love for us. But let's take this one step further. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You will be saved. Verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe. And are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith. And are saved. Let's take a moment here to recognize the importance of how you, if you do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, can take this moment right now and look at this verse, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And just believe that Jesus is Lord of your life. And in believing... And in giving your life over to him, including all the things that you've done in the past that you have regrets about or things that are going on, give that burden and give that matter to him. If you believe in him, he'll cleanse you, forgive you of your sins, and he'll grant you eternal life. That's what he'll do for you. If you want to pause the video right now and take the time to pray that prayer right before the Lord. Lord, you know who I am as a person. Lord, I ask that you forgive me right now for the sins I've committed in my life, the wrongs I've done. Lord, I know that you have the power and the ability because you are indeed 
Lord and Savior of my life, to cleanse me from all sin. And as I believe in you, that you will make me righteous. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for me right now. I thank you for giving me the wisdom and insight to turn my life over to you right now. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing and what you will continue to do to help me to live in such a manner to honor you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you believe with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you're now a member of the family. Amen. If that's the case, drop us a note and let us know. We'd love to have communication with you one way or the other. And if you have questions, we're here to help help you with those as well, too. Thanks for allowing me to take the time to pause during this message for that. Let's continue. Turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. There's a reason to celebrate. Amen? It's all about Jesus. And here's another reason to celebrate. Verse 8 in Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen. Because you believe. Verse 9. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. You're saved through faith. All of us as believers had to make that decision to be saved by having faith that Jesus was Lord in our lives. You're saved through faith. And God is giving you this ability to have this faith. Because you really wouldn't have this faith on your own accord. Not in your flesh. Not in your own wisdom. And we're very thankful for what God is doing to give us this grace. Romans 6.14 says, For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Under the old Mosaic law, the Jews really didn't have anything to look forward to as salvation. They always had to make sacrifices. But it was God's grace that we have through Jesus Christ that now gives us forgiveness for sin. We don't need to make sacrifices anymore. Jesus is our one and only eternal sacrifice who died for us and was risen from the dead. Amen. Our salvation comes from our believing that Jesus was with us from what we understand to be the very beginning. The very beginning as we look at it in Genesis chapter 1. That's the beginning that we know about or we're aware of based upon the accounts of Scripture. But we know that Jesus is an eternal being. And because of his love for us, he has the power and the authority to save us. He has that authority. And the authority comes through faith. Faith helps us to understand his authority. Faith is the bridge to this reality. Turn your Bibles to Hebrews 11, verses 1 through 3. And then we're also going to look at verse 6 as well. Hebrews 11, verses 1 to 3. And then verse 6. Let's look at this faith in a little bit more detail and why it's so important for us. This is the Christian Standard Bible version. Verse 1, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. 
for by this our ancestors were approved. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. Only God can do that. And then verse 6, now without faith it is impossible to please God, since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Amen. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Notice how we just talked about faith. This, this particular passage is a matter of faith as well. Believing that Jesus is the only one who can deliver what is proclaimed in Scripture. And he is the only one. There is no other name. There is no other person. We can't save ourselves. We need Jesus. And too often we go through life, some of us go through life where we rely upon ourselves, our own way of thinking, our own wisdom, and we just don't want to trust the Lord Jesus. Here's a a bit of a homework assignment for everybody. Always, always, always think of those people that you know that you have a relationship with or who you know, maybe casually, who don't know the Lord. And make it a point to pray every day for those people. Now, God knows exactly who those people are in your life. He knows who they are. He's been trying to reach them. But you fervently pray for those individuals that they come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Co-workers, family members, friends, whoever they are, doesn't matter. Pray for them. Pray that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's a matter of faith, isn't it? That's a matter of faith that God will do exactly what he desires to do. It's his will for every person to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Finally, Jesus has made eternal promises to you. And that if you trust in him, he's going to keep those promises. We should be thankful that Jesus is faithful. Amen. And we read earlier about how John 3.16 talks about eternal life. Turn to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. We're going to follow along and read that now. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4. John 14, verses 1 through 4. Here's a promise that Jesus is making. Jesus is speaking here in this dialogue. Verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. That's a promise that we will have a place with Jesus Christ in eternity. We'll see him. We'll have fellowship with him. 
we'll see him not in this way that we see him now. We we see him basically through the evidence of things that take place around the world. But that's all based upon faith. But we will see him face to face when we meet him in eternity. Amen. That's a wonderful promise that he is going to keep. All the more reason to celebrate Jesus at Christmas time. He fulfilled the purpose. He began to fill his purpose when he was born on earth. Go to 1 John chapter 1 and let's take a look at verses 1 through 4. 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. And maybe it's just the way I read it sometimes, but John, and of course in his Gospel of John, and also in 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John, very briefly, we just see that he has a certain way of conveying Jesus when it comes to his reality, the truth, and what our expectations should be for what Jesus has said about himself. John wants you to take it one step further. Let's take a look at what he says here. Verse 1, what was from the beginning we have heard, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. Verse 2, that life was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. Verse 3, what we have seen and heard, we also declare to you so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Amen. John is writing this letter for the purpose of conveying the truth about Jesus Christ, and that because we have evidence that we're seeing as we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, we recognize his very presence, our joy is indeed complete. That's a wonderful thing. Can you convey that to others during this Christmas season as you go about your business? Jesus promises that as you lean upon him, He strengthens you and sustains you. In fact, you recognize over time that your energy comes directly from him. Otherwise, you would collapse under the weight of any trials that you go through. You know it's Jesus that's moving you forward. Go to Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is a pretty popular verse. It's been, you've probably seen it a few times before. But Isaiah 40, 31 is a really good example of how Jesus just helps us to carry through and move about day after day, especially when things are really tough, especially when things are difficult. You can experience joy even through that difficulty because you know Jesus is the one carrying you through those moments. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In our own flesh, we will get tired. We will get weary. 
we would want to stop. But Jesus sustains us to be able to continue to move forward. And you recognize it's not anything you're doing, but it's all him. Because you're believing in him and trusting in him at every given moment. That's really important. Flip over to Isaiah 43, verse 2. Isaiah 43, verse 2. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. Now, are we talking about a physical water, a physical fire? Well, yes and no. I think we're talking more about how overwhelmed we can feel, uh, feel helpless. Uh, we know that water can wash away a city in a flood. We know that fire can consume and burn down a house or a building very quickly. And fire means heat, and you know, fire means something that if you're really close to uh, fire, you feel the heat of it. Well, our trials resemble all of those things. It gets hot. It gets difficult. But what Jesus is saying here is that you won't be consumed. You'll survive. You'll get through it. And not only will you get through it, but we also recognize that he is caring for our very souls. He's talking about eternal life. In spite of whatever is happening, you'll live with him eternally if you trust in him. He's going to see to that. His nature, Jesus' nature embodies patience that more will come to know him as Lord and Savior. Second Peter 3, 9, and this is why we should be praying for those people who don't know the Lord as well, too. Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. That's why we pray. That's why we continue to pray. And that's why you thank the Lord for saving you. Because you trusted in him and had faith in him. Look at all of these wonderful references of Jesus and his love. His salvation by grace. And his eternal promises. Do you need more evidence of these things today? Well, let's say that you do. The best way to experience Jesus in your life is to put his words to the test. Put his words to the test. Those moments of doubt that we have sometimes means we're just basically asking Jesus to now go beyond our doubts and help us through those doubts. Put those words of his to the test. The condition of all of this, of course, is you have to be obedient to him. You have to trust him in faith. And I assure you, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to know firsthand about his goodness. And you will speak about his wonderful name all year round, not just at Christmas time. Amen. All year round. An excellent section of scripture that reinforces all three of these points we covered today. 
the points of celebrating Jesus' love, his saving power, and his eternal promise can be found in Titus. Go to Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. We're going to go through that whole passage, and I want you to read with me. I want you to read carefully this verse, this passage, for what it says. And this is just stated oh so well for all of us to recognize. Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 8. I'll be reading from the NIV version. I want you to follow along in your version, verse 3. Titus chapter 3. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Amen? We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, verse 5, he saved us. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Verse 7. So that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. Note the summary here. If you trust in God, you are to devote yourself to do what is good. Doing good in both words and actions is very important. It's very important for every single believer. People pay attention, you know. Well, let them pay attention to you as being a light in the world before others. Doing good has a ripple effect for all in our midst who believe. It helps them. It girds them up. It encourages them. And shares the gospel of Jesus to those who need to hear it. This Christmas season, it is good and proper to go beyond extending greetings of happy holidays by saying, Merry Christmas. Let's keep Jesus Christ at the forefront and live in such a manner that he is glorified. He is worthy of our worship and praise. Hallelujah and amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for your encouragement. We thank you for the reminder of how you indeed love us more than we could ever comprehend while we're here on earth. We can only just begin to love you the way you love us. But Lord, you promised that we would see you once again. And Lord, at that time, may we enjoy even more our fellowship with you. 
But for now, Lord, help us to convey your goodness before others. Help us to say Merry Christmas more often. Merry Christmas as often as necessary. Merry Christmas to encourage others who don't see Christ as much as they go about their lives. Thank you for helping us to be vessels for you. We thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for today's message. This Christmas season, let's spread, spread the joy of Jesus Christ by relaying the words Merry Christmas as often as necessary. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you next time.